Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It was the inaugural brawl of a war already lost. You listen to them. Now hang out with us. This is After 83 Weeks with Christy Olson. That's me. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hello, 83 Weeks fans, and welcome to the show that is for you. This is where we break down the WWE Invasion episode of 83 Weeks. We're giving our opinions, we're covering all the big reveals, and we're, of course, getting your reaction. So thank you for tuning in today. Let me introduce you to our panel. Starting with a guy you all know from the AfterBuzz TV SmackDown After Show. He's also a veteran of the wrestling biz. Hello, Christian Rosenberg. Hello, Christy Olsen. How are you? I am great, thank you. You're bringing the enthusiasm today. I like it. <laughs> I, I am, because we're, we're invading... Eric's podcast while talking about WWF. <laughs> Alright, it could get complicated, so yes. it's, a, it's a good thing that we have Stay with we us. Call the Encyclopedia of Professional Wrestling. He is also an independent wrestler himself. It's George Hermosa. I got his wicked bruise in my arm from last Friday. Oh, Hello, dang. Christy Olsen. Hello. You, you, you come to us bruised and battered, but we'll take you anyway. Oh, thank you. The question is whether or not it was from a match. I it, it, it wasn't even. I was. Uh, I'll tell you guys later. But anyway, <laughs> it was from the match, but like, not, not from was. what you think it was. All right, I'm sure we'll get all the dirty details on that shortly. Um, and you know this last guy, he runs the YouTube channels of all your favorite wrestling veterans, pretty much every single one of them, including this one right here. Yeah, please welcome Steve Kaufman. I was actually saying throw a rock, and you'll find one, but not the rock. I don't manage his page. Oh, not yet. I see what I you will. did there. Don't throw the rock. Throw it's a, a rock. It must be really difficult to throw the rock. He's a big I guy. I mean, catapult, maybe? <laughs> the rock, that would be the people's champion. We learned on this episode of the show that DDP wanted to do a people's champ versus the people's champ. No, who wouldn't? For WCW like, versus WWE. It's like, oh, I want to face the rock. Yeah, who doesn't want to face the rock in 2001? To be fair, though, I would have much rather seen that than him be a stalker. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like he, with hindsight, it sounds like DDP had... Um, more create better creative than the WWE did have for him. Ooh. But even so, like, are we talking about this stuff already? You're still kind of introducing listen, everything. Listen, these guys are hot tonight. All right, <laughs> warning. Oh, they hot. all walked in oh, today with no. like, oh, I can't believe this, and I can't wait to talk about this. So <laughs> just, just warning day. you, just warning you, we are in for a heated show. So make sure, guys, that you hit that subscribe button because we are on every week, and we usually have Eric Bischoff himself calling in to answer your questions. Now, we do film this on Tuesday nights, and he is a tad bit busy this evening, as you all know, but we expect him to be back next week answering your questions. And you can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts. We would love it if you would like and rate and comment and let us know what you think about this show, and we will shout you out if you do so. So get on that. 
And uh, on that note, it is time <laughs> to discuss the WWE Invasion episode of 83 Weeks. Gosh, you guys are so hot. And you know what? Eric was hot, too. He was a little upset at nothing more than the fact that he just wasn't there and that he missed the opportunity to be there. This was a story that he actually told on our show. I get to say that a lot around here. I like that. Um, about missing or getting this phone call and it being the 4th of July and him just basically being like, no thanks. But he expressed some major regret about that on this show. I mean, I think it would have definitely added that boost of being one of the bigger WCW personalities because no, no disrespect to anybody that was there. Eric Bischoff probably would have been one of the top or one of the top two WCW figures that were on on WWF TV during the invasion. You know, you had obviously the influx of ECW guys. You had Paul there. But how cool would, would, it, have been, would it have been to have seen Vince, Eric, and Paul yeah. in the same ring at the same time, which we ended up seeing in 2005, 2006. But in 2001, just months after everything closed down, I think it would have been much more impactful if it would have happened back then. Also, on the, in fact, like even if you kept the finish the same way, even if you were keeping the same, but then have it end with Austin doing what he did, Bischoff then walks down to the ring and they shake hands, mm-hmm. and that's how the show ends. That's all you needed him for. And then it was like, oh my God, Raw's going to be insane tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then you know, tune in. And but but also too, and and Eric Bischoff says this all the time as the inaugural brawl it was. There was no stakes. Mm-hmm. Like, what does the winner get? Like, right. okay, cool. Like, is winner is is Raw going to become Nitro tomorrow? Is SmackDown going to be going to become Thunder? <laughs> like, it was just all right. They won. Now what? This like, was this was bragging you know? rights before there were bragging rights pay per views. Yeah, and it just it just it really resulted in nothing. Like we had Austin, and it just. Like, he at least become stunning Steve Austin. You know what I mean? Like, I thought it was going to be like a throwback to, like, cool, he used to be in WCW. Now he's back on that side. You know, but it was nothing. Like, he was just still Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestling on. Like, what difference did it make them winning and him turning heel, I guess, again? Because he was just a heel, like, months, you know, well, a week it before. Was, it was consistent with the character that made no sense heading into this for Steve Austin, which was heel Steve Austin never made any god- goddamn sense. I was about to say God dang, and I was like, you own this channel. <laughs> say what you want. Censor him. <laughs> say what you want. I need to talk to the guy that makes a channel to, to censor yeah, what censor you just Censor him, said. channel manager. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> well, Eric said it would have been more believable if he and Hulk Hogan would have been there as well, and yeah. I think we can all agree that that would have been a major difference. I oh, think sure. so, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of people, too. I think they kind of teased, not teased, but they kind of mentioned Goldberg Austin a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, there was you know financial reasons why that didn't happen. Which, you know, we can't blame anybody for, for not working yeah. and making money. Well, the real question becomes, DDP and Booker T's contracts specifically, did they come up just at the worst possible time? Or were they never that good? Mm. I've never actually gotten a straight answer on this. Right they now. probably didn't have, like, the type of guaranteed money that Nash and Hall and all of them had. I... Like I, I've yet, like I've looked into, I've yet to really get a straight answer of like, was Booker T's contract over pretty close to '01 that he might as well go to the WWE, or was it never? That I close? think so because I feel like he would have had not obviously not Hogan money, but he would have had top of the card money and top of the card money at that time. Because I because I, I always heard a rumor that you know so Hall and Nash signed a three year deal in '96 mm-hmm. and then they signed a three year extension and you know that goes to 2002, which would have ended a couple months after No Way Out. I assume that it would have been like, oh, well, let's just come now, get that big WrestleMania payday for WrestleMania 18. Might as well, you know, end it a couple months before. So I'm assuming so. 
Yeah. Well, we can definitely ask Eric about that next week. Mm-hmm. And really, he kind of also said on the show that there wasn't a lot of promise for those WCW guys when considering going over to WWF. How would you, if, if you guys were, were defunct WCW performers at this time, the company has gone under, would you have seen some hope in going over to WWF? Yeah, because it's work. Well, okay. You didn't have work. <laughs> well, but that's there was thing, no like, work. Hey, there's work. If they want me, hey, that means I get a paycheck. But let's, Spoken like a true veteran of the biz. But let's say you had two years left on your deal with Turner. Then in two years, I'll look for work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, in the meantime, I will do the equivalent to a podcast in 2001. Well, but there, so there were guys who were, as Eric said, you know, taking 20 grand to basically sit at home for a couple of years. But, I mean, all the wrestlers I know are passionate AF. That's why they put their bodies on the line every day. And I don't know a lot of them that I think would want to do that. That's a lot of money, though, to like 20,000 a week. 20,000 a week to do nothing a month. It was a month. No, it was 20,000 a month. And Conrad was still 40,000 a year. No, that's so much. But, like, but also, too, like, you know, and we always hear about this about some of the other wrestlers where, there's no expenses. You don't have to sit there and pay for a, re- a rental car, a hotel. Mm-hmm. That's two forty. You know, obviously tax, you, but like you can you can heal up your bruises from all the time on the road. You can whether you need to slim down, bulk up more, whatever the case may be, and you're getting paid while doing it. So then, when your contract is almost up, all of a sudden you knock on figuratively knock on the <laughs> WWF's door be like hey you guys remember me look at me now and especially because a lot of these guys that were getting paid I mean they were kind of all established Stane Goldberg yeah, Paul mm-hmm. Nash Steiner Flair Hogan like this wasn't you, Lash LaRue yeah and you look at and you look at all a lot of the guys that came over to WWF they needed the exposure you know, as great as Kidman was, he was still relatively new in that kind of spotlight, yeah. you know, that, that he had. Yeah, but you guys being in-ring performers, you know, if you go sit at home for two years, even if you're still training every day or you're working out every day, you're not on TV, you're not um, playing to hard cam every day, you're not, there's a lot of habits that you're taking the risk of losing and and just not doing that every single week is, can be a jolt for your but body. Maybe like, never do it again. Maybe, maybe now... I'll take the exposure. Mm-hmm. If it's the first of the month and rent's due, I might take a couple months off like you know, to kind of catch up on and make sure I'm, I'm covered for yeah. maybe the, the, the pay cut I would get going also, into the also, also, we're talking, if we're saying 20000 a month for two years, let's say, that's close to half a million dollars in the next two years. I could find a wrestling school to run some ropes. You could work a mat, like, you could work a match in a mask that you can work on, you could yeah. probably... Also, you would test. I, if it were me, I would test the limits of that deal. Can I do personal appearances? Can I do something untelevised? Can I appear on TV in a mask? Because also, too, like was, you can still work. There, I, I want to say it was Jimmy Hart put it together. The XWF that mm. kind of came out late two thousand one. Mm. Sable was on it as a commissioner. Hogan was involved. Jimmy Hart, like. That was supposed to be on TV. <laughs> Obviously, nothing ever happened. I know there was a match on the Hogan DVD uh, that had a, a match from there with Hogan and, and Kurt Henning. But, I mean, there was that. You know, like, so maybe that something into mm-hmm. what you were saying, like, that was maybe you couldn't go to WWF, which was really the only game in town. Because yeah, we saw Goldberg go to Japan. We saw, I think, other guys maybe do some stuff overseas. Like, you know, it was possible, but maybe just not WWF. Also, correct me if I'm wrong, Sting had one of the lengthier contracts, and he literally sat it out. 
They sat on until he decided to go to TNA. Because also, well, too... I, I, did he decide to go to TNA, or did his contract finally run well, out? I, it had been five or okay, six so, years. Okay, so let's assume that they hit up everybody. Because mm-hmm. why wouldn't they, right? Yeah. Um, Sting has said, on, in an interview, he said, I was ready to go with to WWF during the invasion, but then I saw a specific promo with The Rock and Booker T, where Booker T was talking, and The Rock says, who in the blue hell are you? And that's when Sting was like, nope. Mm-hmm. If that's how they're going to treat the WCW guys, I'm not going to go. So take that for what it's worth yeah. from Sting's own mouth. Though he was also worth, he was also worth what what Turner was paying him to sit at home. Mm-hmm. He was worth that to the WWE to actually go. Exactly, that wasn't the case. The for merch everyone. that they would have got from Sting would have been insane. Mm-hmm. The, if they used him right. <laughs> Absolutely, and there, as Conrad brought up on the show, there were a lot of complaints that they didn't really get the star power from W from the WCW side. They didn't. Were you guys were you sitting watching that though as a as a teenager? Did that occur? Did that occur to you? Let me let me put it this way. I watched Invasion over the weekend. That was the very first time I've seen this pay per view. Oh, really? I've seen. You I, don't say that very often. No, I don't. I've seen the Hardy RVD match before. Yeah. But as far as this pay-per-view from beginning to end, I've never watched it because I was so, at this point, disinterested in the storyline because I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, it's a w, it's Undertaker versus Sean Stasiak. Mm-hmm. Like, why would I think this is a possibility of anything? Mm-hmm. So I wasn't drawn to it. So, and then watching the pay-per-view, it solidified that. I'm just like, why should I believe on paper from what these WCW wrestlers were doing WCW NWF? What makes me think that they can hang with these guys? Mm-hmm. There's a, a classic thing that now this is more WWF related, but um, um, I was told this story years ago um, and explained why the Nation of Domination got broken up. Oh, and well, why they decided to like kind of split them? Besides Rock, obviously just exploding. But, you know, like, the reason is, you look at those guys, no other team could stand a chance. Look at how strong and how big all those guys are. Mm -hmm. We have to make dissension. We have to add some comedy in it. We have to find ways to make them fall apart. Because on paper, this team's unbeatable. Mm -hmm. When you looked at WWF versus WCW, on paper, WWF was unbeatable. They were just so much bigger, so much faster, so much stronger, so much better names than who WCW had to offer mm-hmm. that WCW had no chance unless WWF tried to do things out of the box to make them you know, kind of pull apart, which is what they attempted here with Austin. So they should have made them stars. Like, you get these influx of, like, 30 to 35 guys. You can't get one of them to become a superstar. Like, I mean, they say it all the time. Like, Cricker's like, oh, we make stars or whatever. Like, oh, they didn't have star power. Uh, they did have star power because... And, and I think a lot of it was the WCW name because you look at the buy rate of this pay-per-view, mm-hmm. take away every WrestleMania, this had the highest buy rate ever for a pay-per-view. Because everyone's so excited Better than it. Rumble, better SummerSlam, and but they didn't really advertise like, oh, well, guess who's going to show up? It was yeah. the, the advertise was WWF versus WCW slash ECW. Like that was the drawing power. So the fact that they completely messed it up, regardless of who they got in from WCW, and they did have ECW as well. Like yeah. they, then they met, they didn't even have Jerry Lynn involved in the storyline. Like and he could have added so much to that. Like no, they completely messed up the storyline from like I don't want to say day one, but maybe like day like fifty four. You know, so day one ish. <laughs> 
Thank you. You're welcome. Let's talk a little bit more about this being such a popular pay-per-view. Like, give I, give okay. us more numbers so, so, in Psychopedia. Okay. So, give huh. us, so, so even going back and kind of going off what you were saying, when, when this pay-per-view happened... All my friends were interested. Like everybody, like, and I remember when I had the tape. I, I had, you know, my friend taped it, and I had it. People at work was, like, "Hey, man, did you get the invasion tape? Cool, cool." People hit me up, like, "Hey, do you have it? Do you have it on?" Like, people were legit hitting me up to be like, "Hey, do you have the VHS?" I had to make literally had to make copies of mm-hmm. of the invasion. Did v- you sell VHS? them? No. Oh. Um, and I literally because it was the quality wasn't that great, but like, it, but <laughs> it, 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 it didn't matter. Like, people were legit interested in, like, "Oh my god!" Like, did you see? The, like, I literally had people come up to me and be like, "Dude, I didn't know you were a wrestling fan." Like, "Oh, I was," but man, it. WWE versus WCW, like this was like fantastic. Like so, the fact that they were interested, Pritchard, Pritchard said on his podcast when they covered the same thing was like, "Oh well, DDP wasn't a big enough name." Uh, what? Like you know, like it's well, like he's, he, he's when they wrong. make him a stalker, he's not a big. And, enough And that's name. too. It's like we all. I think I didn't lose interest, but it was like we all know what DDP's wife looked like. And I'm sorry, no disrespect to Sarah, but like that's no comparison. Kimberly is yeah. like top five of all time. Well, also they Sarah never, is like not even top fifty. Also, they never rectified the they never rectified the fact that DDP was stalking Sarah was to mess with Undertaker. Yeah, exactly. They never rectified because character wise, that makes sense that I'm going to go after the biggest dog in yeah, the yard exactly. in a way where he's weakest and Sarah is his weakness. So they, he never they, said those words. He never equated that what it came off to be because mm-hmm. they, they just kept going. Play, they kept going with no, he's stalking Sarah because he wants Sarah, and it's. No, he has a wife. He has a career. He's trying to better his career by going after the biggest, baddest dog. Uh But I think to your point, and it's a problem the WWF has that's exacerbated by the fact that this pay-per-view does so well with all their guys on top, is... They don't think anyone's a star unless they make that star. And, and, and also, too, where, like, you know, you have, you know, talking about numbers, nobody knew who DDP was. To, to Pritchard's point, was like, okay, well, what about Halloween Havoc? Halloween Havoc 97, up to that, after that pay per view happened, was the highest pay per view buy rate of all time. Funny only story. Beaten, that, was, that was four years prior. Only beaten by Starcade 97. But I'm saying, like, also four years I'm saying prior. a lot of people know who DDP was because that those pay per views beat WWF pay per views. Also, they wound up giving that match away for free the next day, but that's a whole other thing. Not DDP. Uh, DDP Goldberg, right? No, oh, that, no, never mind. I think it was a different Halloween in 98. So, but, but my, even that one, like, that was a that high was a huge one well. too. So people knew that who was DDP three years was. That, people knew who DDP was. Like, and that was, like, at the peak of wrestling, 98, 99. A lot of people knew who these guys were. Yeah. And, Christian, and, are you going to take the side that DDP may not have been a biggest, as big a star as WWF? Like, then you, make are you a star. Enough star like they took uh, okay three years later they um, took a no, guy if they, if, if, if they had him if they had him stay well and WCW made his star fade by the end of WCW because they changed his gimmick and made him heel in WCW so but I mean if if they kept it like the quote unquote people's champ like mm-hmm. he wanted the pitch yeah he and then they brought him into WWF like that that could have been a whole different they story have. but when he's leaving. WCW, kind of a heel, then one week he's a face, one week he's a heel, comes in as a stalker, then comes back as just a motivational speaker, just adding all the crest whitening strips he can find um, in a smile. <laughs> then it, it didn't work, like that gimmick was jokey midcard. This was the the top babyface of WCW. And he's losing the European Championship. But I don't think that's on DDP. I think that's on WWF for I, having the mentality oh, of like, I agree. oh, we didn't get any. You, just, you guys just got 30 guys coming over. You can't make one guy a star. Three years later, you made a, a tag team wrestler who never main evented a star overnight just like that in JBL. You guys can do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe Sean O'Hare didn't work out long run. But I would have never known that at the time. That guy looked like a stud. You know? Well, they did try to build him up. Two years later with Piper. <laughs> 
Not immediately. You guys got all these guys. Like, make something. But you I mean, guys, aren't you guys creative? But there's be creative. But there's something about that grind because of those thirty guys you're talking about, a lot of them became world champions just not right away. Booker T came into there as WCW world champion. Mm-hmm. He wasn't recognized as a top guy in the WWF until King Booker, like literally five or six. I, years I would later. say like the the most successful guy as far as from WCW wise at this point that were in on the roster right now at this evasion time. The guys who had the best careers in WWF were Booker T and Hurricane. Ah, uh, Rob Van Dam had a pretty good career. I'm talking WCW. Oh, sorry, WCW guys. Yeah, and also too, and, and I've always wondered about this. Where I mean, all, it's all fantasy booking. There were three guys. During this pay-per-view that was not there, two of them were hurt. One of them was suspended. Triple H, Eddie Guerrero, and Chris Benoit were all absent because, you know, of all, what I just mentioned. Like, like that would have been such a huge get for this pay-per-view, for this for this storyline. Like, you had Eddie Guerrero and Benoit, or, uh, Benoit and Guerrero that were, like, obviously disgruntled, left WCW. That could have automatically been incorporated into the storyline because mm-hmm. by this point, Saturn was kind of, you know, having an affair with Moppy. Uh, you know, the Malenko was on the verge of retiring, it sounded mm-hmm. like. I mean, Jericho was there. But, like, I don't know, it just... I think that could have used a big, big boost for the storyline. Benoit and Guerrero would be pretty helpful here because they could have sided with ECW, not WCW. Or they could have sided against the WWE... There was a lot to be done if they were around. And, and, and even Triple H, like, would he have done something? Like, maybe he would have been defected instead of Austin. Like, who knows? Like, I, I am, think could I have been terrorizing s- again. Yeah. I am going to say something that's going to get me some flack. I agree with Vince Russo. In when he, I'm out of here. When he came in a couple, <laughs> yeah, when when he came in a couple years later, right? He came in. Wait, to what? Did <clears throat> to WWE. He came in for one day. He came back in July 2002. Got it. So over a year from this pay per view, he came in in July of 2002 and said, "Bro, we need to redo the whole invasion angle." And then they threw him out on his ass. And in my mind, I'm like. In 2002, that would have been a pretty well, the smart big, deal. The big rumor was always like he was the one that suggested to bring in Bischoff. Mm-hmm. Like even though obviously the, the, the everybody's gonna say, "Well, we've been talking for like a year," but it was him that's saying, "Hey, let's bring in Bischoff. Like, let's do it for real now." Oh, I'm sure he pitched it in more than one sentence. So then, that's another thing we can ask Eric about next week. On that note, let's talk about this actual pay per view. Let's talk about the guys that we did get <laughs> on the actual screen in this one. Uh, matches that stand out to you guys, or, or what? When you were watching this back, what made you go, "Ooh." That's interesting. Jeff Hardy and Rob Van Dam. Of course. That's a fairly classic match. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one that, like you said, even if you haven't seen the pay-per-view, you've seen this match. Yes. And, and this was one of those shows where they just try to get everybody in as possible. Mm-hmm. Where kind of, like, William Regal versus Raven should have been a great match. Like, Taz versus Tajiri should have been a great match. But yeah. it just wasn't because it was like, let's give these guys two minutes or three minutes. It was yeah. like, it just didn't really mean anything. Well, well, it should have. I, th- I think back to that RVD Hardy match, I think what made it so, so unique was... First off, for like, you know, the mainstream WWF, it's the coming out party of RVD and seeing how amazing he is. And then also, Jeff Hardy having that type of platform on, like you said, other um, like the biggest buy rate, the second biggest buy rate other than Mania's, in a singles match. Yeah. And, and how he hung with this other guy and them doing, you know, all the crazy things they did. It just completely... That was the one match of this whole show that really elevated people. And it elevated both of them. Mm-hmm. The Uncle Cracker theme for X-Pac, if you watched the 2008 rip, that was my highlight. I'm kidding. That match was great, too. We have no idea what you're talking about. Explain. No. Um, X-Pac had a theme in 2001 that was made by Uncle Cracker. Yes. So it sounded like that rock, that 
that rap rock kid rock know style exactly in what he's talking about. And it was only, it's, if you watch the DVD rip, you'll hear it. But if you watch the WWE Network rip, it's obviously not on there. I was, well, I was one, getting well, the weeds on a joke. I love that thing, theme song. I, I really did. <laughs> but one one thing that even because I I rarely disagree with Bischoff, and ironically, the one week he's not yeah. here is when I I highly disagreed with his thoughts on the Kidman Xbox match, mm-hmm. and I think to me I did not really enjoy it, and my reason is because of the crowd. The crowd can pull you in or take you out of matches. Yeah, this crowd, Xbox is a heel. At this time in the WWF, uh-huh. their channel Xbox sucks, and they're fairly silent for Kidman because yeah. they don't really know who he is. So you got the heel and uh, who, and good one, yeah. and they want and they want, you know, obviously, oh, it's pro WWF. They should be cheering for him, but they don't like him. So we'll kind of cheer for this guy. Oh, he did a cool move. I'll cheer that. So the crowd was just so confused, and it completely took me out of this match. Mm -hmm. Technically, yeah, you can't beat it. Right, of course that would be great. But as far as the technicalities and everything that they did, like the ring psychology, it's all top-notch. I could not pay attention to this match because the crowd took me out of it. In Eric's defense, he said he want, he said multiple times he was watching with the sound down. Yes. So it's actually it's actually really interesting for someone of his caliber to watch a match like this with the sound down and to think like, oh, this is great. Xbox mm. clearly healed. Kidman's yeah. clearly babyface. They're really getting That's it all. That's actually pretty interesting. And then with the set, and you watched it with the sound up, and you're like, the crowd doesn't care. Yeah. Well, what would we have heard if we listened during this Earl Hebner versus Nick Patrick okay. match? I, can I from say the crowd? I'm making that clip? You I can say whatever you want about this one. Stand Earl Hebner. I think he's the most overrated referee in the history of the business. Okay, I think even just the fact that you use the phrase over overrated referee just means that <laughs> don't we you are insult some referees too now. far. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you can't be in there. The, no, no one I'm rates, talking. I'm talking. No I'm, one rates referees. No, so Chrissy. That is a moot Chrissy, point. I'm talking to you. Don't don't insult referees by saying no over like no. They they no. deserve. Okay. Charles Robertson okay. is a great referee. Yes, he is. Mike you know, Kyoto is Mike a great Kyoto. referee. Earl Hebner, one of the Shout worst. Ref- one of the worst referees. Earl Hebner and Earl Hebner was never consistent on his counts. <laughs> if you look at any false what? count, he does this thing where it's like one, two, and he does this little hop. It's like okay, you just kind of killed the finish in like half a second. His like, son, his son was ten times better. Than he him. was, and he can beatbox too. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm guessing um, another... And his punches are terrible. Yes, and then, like, Earl Hebner <laughs> was like, match. I know, I'm going to make a shirt that says ice crude bread. That's going to make a lot of money. Like, okay, And then Mark. he sells it out of his car. And yeah. Alongside some, <laughs> maybe, get, maybe not WWE merch. Yeah. And then they then don't get, like Then he gets that. fired. Yeah. Okay, but not the only gimmick match on this pay-per-view. Braun pennies. Yes, we got the ladies. Christy, can you break this one down? I can't because I fast forward for, through these things. Aww. It's you know what? It's it's just it's, it's hard because it's 2019, and that's the reason why I stopped watching back in the day. And even now, of course, we can have an appreciation for where the women have come since then and stuff. But it's still hard to watch. It's still you know what it is for me is like Tori and Stacy and Stacy. That was a big part of their characters was to be sexy and to be scantily clad, and that's mm-hmm. okay. But for a lead, for Lita and Trish, their their gimmick should have been good freaking wrestling. And the mm-hmm. fact that even they still had to take the clothes off. I Trish don't know. wasn't at that point yet. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we can Lita really was. give them that. But I yeah, mean, yeah, going to this match, Lita's the wrestler, and everyone else is there. Yeah, and that's sort of just a little difficult to stomach. That's all I'm saying. Because mm. I think Lita walked into the WWF a wrestler. Yes. Like right. They made her, and they made her S.A. Rios's valet. Yeah, like, and started and did moonsaults right away. Yeah, like she she found her own, sp- like she yeah. really paved her own path there, and. In a world where there just weren't that many women wrestlers. Right, and you know, things have changed so much, and one of the things that Eric mentioned was that none of those women probably wanted to be wrestlers. And I think that's probably the main thing that's changed the most since back then, is that what the women are giving out now makes little girls say, we want to do that. Yeah. You know? I thought give WWE women a chance was was trending last night. And today. Well, because did they not have any women segments? They didn't have any matches on Raw yesterday. Yeah. They just had like a five, oh, uh, three your, minute moment your, of bliss. Your thing. girl, Alundra Blaze, Blaze, was 24 7 champion. Deuce. I love her. And then she tried to throw it in a trash can. And Kelly Kelly awesome. and Candice Michelle were 24 7. Although, champions. considering that Ted DiBiase bought the championship from Alundra Blaze, does that mean that he's really a WWF champion now? Then, now that you can do that? No? Whatever. My thing is All right, save it for the Raw after show, boys. Now that they're establishing canon that you can buy it because yeah. his reign's never identified on the Well, the, the, one, the one thing that really stood out to me and in this match was. Was hypothetically thinking, oh my God, what if Trish actually fell off the stage because she nearly? Oh, did. at the end, yeah. yeah. It was like it's like, oh my God, you just nearly like broke your arm, mm-hmm. just tumbling over. That would have been a very awkward moment but on live TV. She would have looked good doing it. I'm <laughs> sure. sure. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about the main event before we get to a little bit of fantasy booking of our own. Ooh. This was the uh, the Coalition versus Team WWE. The Alliance? Or Coalition? The Alliance. This, uh, well, you know, whatever, wherever damn dirt sheet I got yeah. this from says. So the WCW-ECW <laughs> I Coalition. Like the, I feel like the Team Alliance doesn't get enough love. Because, like, you have... On one on one side, maybe the greatest tag team of all time, obviously the greatest ECW tag team champions of all time, yep. the very last ECW t- uh, TV and world champion, the very last WCW champion, and then you got arguably you know one of the biggest stars that they can get was DDP. <laughs> like I don't know, I feel like they, they don't get. I mean, obviously, it would have been better with like Goldberg or, or for, for, for who they had. Yeah. Yeah. Was, That's a great group, but you're it's frustrating. <laughs> It's frustrating looking back. But I mean, I, I but I feel like at the same time, even though they had this team, they could have made them a bigger deal. Like I feel like they didn't say enough. This is the very last ECW World Champion. This is the greatest tag team in the history, not just of ECW, but maybe the, the business. I, I think they're number one overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know you know the very last, and he was even close a show, close a Nitro as U, U.S. Champion Booker T, mm-hmm. Booker T, and uh, or himself Booker T, uh, U.S. and World Champion. Like I don't feel like they emphasize that enough as far or as like, how big of a deal this team well, going the, all together the are. importance of when a promotion closes like WCW and ECW did you you don't crown Hulk Hogan you don't crown Ric Flair you don't crown someone who's already well established in that promotion you crown a younger a young up and comer come from behind mid card guy so in Booker T and Rhino you had that in two different promotions mm-hmm. where it's like the entire promotion crowned Rhino as the future we want you to remember Rhino when you think of ECW. I thought it was a bad idea. And and, and the, the, you thought what was a bad idea? Making that making Rhino that person. I thought he was jammed okay. on everyone's throats for six months and became well. Champion. To me, the clear way that they that to your point, George, on how they didn't emphasize it. Booker T was not the last guy out on the team. Right. DDP was. Booker T was <laughs> the fourth guy out. It's like oh. Here's the guy who holds the top two singles championships in WCW. Here he goes. Oh, and here's this other guy. Here's the stalker. <laughs> Not Barry Wynnum, but the the like storyline stalker. 
Well, we also saw Shane McMahon during this main event match, and Eric revealed that Shane was the stiffest ever with him. Out of everybody that Eric has gotten in the ring with and done all of his different gimmicks and different matches and things that he's had, the night after he broke into Linda McMahon's house and gave her a big smooch is when he got a... It's so crazy that Eric Bischoff was like had made out with Stephanie and Linda McMahon. I know. Do you think that's something that's come up this week? I mean... Maybe. <laughs> um, I think everything over there is just kind of some fugue state. Really, it's just a constant fugue state over there at the WWE. Where it's like, did that happen? I guess that happened. Our weeks are crazy. Well, Eric gave us his sort of fantasy booking of who he would have put in a five-on-five for this one. He said Goldberg, Sting, Flair, DDP, and Booker T versus Steve Austin, Undertaker, Chris Jericho, The Rock, and Hulk Hogan is uh, how Eric Bischoff would have put on this main event. So now, gentlemen... Let's play a little game. I'm going to give you a chance to do some fantasy booking. Choose your five-on-five for WCW and ECW versus WWF. Remember, this is in 2001. And I hope you got your motors running already. Who wants to go first? I'll do it. All right. Oh, he wrote it down. Steve wrote wrote his down. down. So... We take very we take this very seriously around here, people. Team WCW ECW will have two managers. Managers will not be included in. You already the lost. It is you Eric Bischoff lost. and Paul Heyman in the managers' corner of Goldberg, Ric Flair, Booker T, Rob Van Dam, and Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio bridging that gap between ECW and WCW. Team WWE will be managed by Vincent K. McMahon, and it'll be Steve Austin, Chris Jericho, The Rock, Kurt Angle, and your wild card, Hulk Hogan. Okay, and I hope you all were listening because you guys are going to decide who is the winner of this little debate by commenting right here down below in the YouTube comments. George. George. I that's a good that's a good one. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, on WWF side uh, just because you know they were the biggest stars: uh, Steve Austin, Kurt Angle, and um, the Undertaker. I wouldn't have Chris Jericho for some reason. I don't know. For me, like I don't. He didn't really do it for me. Like as far as being a main eventer just yet. I mean, he was months away from being the undisputed champion, but he wasn't there yet. Uh, if anything, I know Triple H was hurt, but it's fantasy booking. So we got Steve Austin, Undertaker, Kurt Angle, Triple H. And The Rock. Like, I think those are probably even, maybe even top five WWF superstars of all time. And they were all still very relatively active. So, why not put them? For the for the other side, we have, you gotta have um, Sting, Goldberg. Uh, I'd put in, like, Ric Flair, even though it's, you know, 2001. You know, he's still, he's still Ric Flair. He's still, you know, it's not like he's retired. He's still Ric Flair in 2019. He's seven seven years uh, away from retiring, so it's not like he was at the end of his career. Right. Uh, So we have Goldberg, Sting, um, Flair. Uh, I do like your pick of Rey Mysterio, but like to his point, he just, everyone else looks so ginormous. Um, But yeah, I'd, I'd have Hogan. I think Hollywood Hogan would be, he was so, like, not Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan. He he's the one that kind of put WCW, you know, number one, mm-hmm. if anything. And I'd end it with. Can I say Double J, Jeff Jarrett? You I wouldn't. You I can. Wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would never. Um, but it's clearly Team WCW for you. No, I okay. would say uh, Rob Van Dam. All right. Okay, our final contestant. Okay, well, you you know me, and I like good story. Oh <laughs> yes, and I love you for it. Oh well, thank you. So my my. Matchup has to do like you know stories as far as who would represent each company the best, who has the most 
interaction as far as between the two, and you also want to start trying to bring people up in the midst of all this. So, Team WWE will be The Rock and Undertaker, both like, you know, flagship as far as like representing WWE. Of course. Then you have Austin, who has the history with WCW and ECW. Um, You then also have Chris Jericho, who has the history with WCW and ECW. And then this will not be popular with Eric Bischoff, but you also have The Big Show. Because, you know, being everything that happened with him in WCW, how they, they can do the storyline, how they push, try to push him to the moon, make him champion. Yeah, they killed him off and, have, and made him champion. Right, all, all that stuff. Now, Team WCW represent, as far as the flag bearers for them, you have Goldberg, you have DDP. We're all kind of in agreement with that. Um, being Booker T, who had both titles going in, I have him. I also have Rey Mysterio, oh. because that's the one you want to bring up and, and try to elevate me even more. And in WWE side, I would say Jericho was that guy, because he's like right there, but he's not all the way to being the top tier yet. So you have him to build up on WWE side, you have Mysterio to build on WCW. And then for the ECW representative, I have Mike Awesome. Because he is the one who came to WCW as ECW champion. He invaded there. He was the first guy in WCW to take a title from WWE when he won the hardcore title. In Madison Square Garden. Yeah. So he had the storyline of trying to take things. So he was the ECW representative in that match. So your team, WCW, ECW, has... One guy. One ECW One guy. ECW guy who had already deflected, defected to WCW? Yes. Okay. Oh, they're immediately trying yeah. to undermine your <laughs> argument because they know it was going to be Because, because there's no one else that deserves it. And that's another guy, too, where, like, <laughs> you had Mike Awesome on your roster and you did nothing with him. Yeah, because that's a guy, like, you have, you have... And he could do anything. You have that stare down with Awesome and Undertaker? That's money. He could have done mm. anything. I kept Undertaker off my team. I, I really appreciate how much thought you guys have put into this. <laughs> and I, I have to say, I'm, I'm convinced. I'd go with either one. But I kind of think that uh, Christian Rosenberg is going to be victorious once again. But it is up to you guys. Uh, Leave your comments below. so and vote dull to me. <clears throat> Christian, George, or Steve for Fantasy Booker of the Week, I guess we'll call them. <laughs> sure. Why <laughs> not? I feel like David have got too creative with, with this whole invasion thing. It's like, I don't know. It, it just seemed too simple to make mess up. You know, you, you flash back to 1989. If you had, you know, who was the top guys in WWF or WCW? If you had a, a card with Hogan versus Flair, you know, Road Warriors versus Demolition, like, you don't need any kind of creativity. You would just go to the show, because that's awesome, right? How awesome was those all those PWIs that we'd see, and it's like, the fantasy booking, like, mm-hmm. we'd be like, oh my god, that would be so cool, like... But in 2001, do I didn't want to see Ric Flair wrestle. He, that's why they made him, that's why they made him uh, general manager, commissioner, when he came in. He, like, he wasn't physically or mentally in the capacity in that at that time. Mm-hmm. So that's why, I mean, yeah, if I'm just saying of all-time people, yeah, I could have threw Sting in there. I could have threw Flair in there. But in 2001, I'm but not doing But you're writing it. a story, damn it. That's right. Oh, I love it. Well, we did get some tidbits about Eric's current life uh, as he approaches his new job as well from this episode. Let's just wrap up with a little bit of that. Because he repeated something that he said on our show last week, which is that he has never been critical of WWF. He has just critiqued them. And I almost wish I would have taken him to task when he said that on the air last week. Because, I, I mean, I think that's really splitting hairs as far as vocab goes. But, like, he's gone in on them here and there. Don't you agree? I think the difference is he goes in on what they've done versus what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And B, okay. it is a critique as, whereas 
let's say if Tony Schiavone were to go hard or any of us at this table were to critique, it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be taken as the, at the same level because none of us have run WCW. And, and a lot, and a, and a lot of the talk that he has done on it was as far as you know, like interviews that were done by Vince McMahon about certain things, or or things that you know Meltzer report or things like that. Not not much of what he said as far as when he's breaking down things, um, talking about WCW pay per views or things like that. He's not really talking about oh WWF at that time. They were morons for doing this, or you know, and they're not talking about today's product on this show. If anything, all he does is talk about how he's got the biggest crush on Becky Lynch. That's right, I said it, Eric. Yeah, I said it. What are you going to do about it? Don't don't be mad at me, Eric. I'm sorry. Oh well, he also said that everything that we've been reading on the dirt sheets or online has been untrue, and unless you heard it from this show, or no. unless unless they're linking off to this show and right. showing the video of him speaking yes. what is being said. Or the quote that we literally sent them. I think it's, that's a, that's always been interesting too. When they first announced, you know, they, they made this big announcement. I was like, oh, cool, Hollywood Heyman is going to do that. I, don't, I, I never thought they were going to have the same role because Eric Bischoff's, I think, biggest attribute to the wrestling is making things look different. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's what they hired him for. It's how do we make SmackDown look unique? How do we make it look like it's well, something it very actually special? Sounds you know? like they hired him to work on the executive side with Fox. Yeah, yeah, so but I, but, but, but I think more that as opposed to like everybody thinks like, oh, he's gonna be, uh, bury the company because he's not that creative. I don't think they hired him for creative. No. I think they hired him for more other stuff. Well, I think they hired him to oversee the whole operation. Mm-hmm. So there's a creative team that works under him that he could, if he felt like it, get nitty gritty into it. Yeah, he could. But he's overseeing the whole thing, and it sounds like his speciality is less creative, as he's admitted multiple times. Yeah. As opposed to Heyman, the other way around. <clears throat> yeah, like, eh, Heyman, it's literally the other way around. The business stuff, is Heyman was never that strong in business stuff, but he was always real good at creative. Bischoff's the opposite. And let's just not let the irony of the idea that all these guys were just trying to put each other out of business back in the day, and now they are all working I think, together. Honestly, I think my favorite tidbit from the show was he said that Vern Gagne called them up and said, yes. hey, we got, Brock this, we got this guy, Brock Lesnar, like, and he's like, yeah, sure, Vern, whatever, you're senile and old. It's like... Biggest miss ever? Yes, I mean, that, no? that's up there. Yeah. Right? A, I, I, I just remember, um, you know, years ago being at a house show, a WWE house show, and Brock Lesnar had not debuted on TV yet, and he was on the second match of the card. No one knew who he was, and he did a match with Lance Storm, where Storm had to like you know he did like handful of tights to roll up and beat Brock Lesnar. Yeah, before he debuted and everything. <laughs> and Lance Storm has a pinfall victory over Brock Lesnar in yes. any context. Yes, yeah. and and the crowd was like getting really in into Brock. This was in Hartford, back I don't know two thousand one, and I remember I was there with my brother. And obviously, the only person that could vouch for me is him. I looked down at him after that match. I said, like, I don't know who that guy was, but he is going to be good. And six to eight months later, he debuts. Okay, okay. That was a good little story, Christopher Rosenberg. (laughs) Thanks. No, I believe it. I believe it. I remember remember going through, like, a WF program, and at the very very end of it, they showed a picture. I'm like, this guy looks huge. Yeah. I heard the name, but I just never knew a picture. I'm like, this guy looks ginormous. 
Uh, well, I'm sure all of the uh, 83 Weeks fans out there would love to continue this conversation about Brock Lesnar and hear more about that match. Where can they hit you up at, Christian? You can hit me up on the Twitter machine, <laughs> at Will Rosenberg, Instagram, the Will Rosenberg, com slash Christian Rosenberg. Also, hey, don't forget about CollarAndElbowBrand.com. If you use the promo code Rosenberg, save yourself 10%. And you could check me out hosting the AfterBuzz TV Smackdown After Show. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at G-H-E-R-M-O-Z-A, G-Hermosa. Thank you. And you guys can follow me on Twitter almost exclusively. I am at Steve Kaufman. That is K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. I run literally all the YouTube pages for all the wrestlers. And you guys can always hit me up at Christy Reports. We will see you right back here next week when we'll be covering the Scott Steiner episode of 83 Weeks. And I feel like there was something else I was going to say. Is that everything that people need to know? I think that's If they want more, right. you tune in next week to find out that more stuff. Yes, Eric will be back next week, and we will see you all then. Have a good one. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.